Welcome back to another episode of Healthcare 360. I'm your host, Scott Burgess. And as always, thank you for being a part of the Healthcare 360 Nation. Here at Healthcare 360, we aim to answer one question and one question only. Had we known there are or were other options to exhaust and explore before we travel down the traditional healthcare route, would you look into them? Would you weigh those options against what we think healthcare and medicine really is? Join us in welcoming our guest, Ben Azadi, as we talk about the ins and outs of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle landscape and figure out what's really happening nutritionally within our own bodies. A three-time best-selling author and someone who I consider a personal nutritional health detective is with me today to explore and shed light on how seed oils, eight commonly used toxic oils to be exact, are actually worse, much worse than even sugar. And believe it or not, worse than cigarettes. You gotta hear this. Listen to the Keto Camp founder's personal experience with the carnivore diet and his own battles with autoimmune disease, an insight we can all learn from. Thanks for joining us for episode number 45, only on Healthcare 360. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to help some people just like you are. Let, let's get into it, brother, because I read through your stuff and I've actually had quite a bit of dialogue about health and nutrition and what's going inside the body. We've had a couple of really key doctors that have talked about plant-based, ketogenic, carnivore, and what I call the fourth is the general sugar-based American diet. Uh, I'm going through it, I'm, I'm breaking it down. And actually, Dr. Chris Davis and, and Dr. Bach was the one who reiterated it. Uh, Dr. Bach was amazing on the show, but they said the common denominators are sugar and refined carbohydrates. What I want to help people today with, and really what I'm so interested in your story, is how do you get started? And then what's so different about the ketogenic? You can get five different people, six different people in front of you, and everyone's going to have, oh, I swear by this. And you know that. I, the fifth one that I try to talk about, I'm still doing a lot of research on it. I don't have all the information yet. The blood type diet. There's not a lot of research on it. You almost cannot find anything on Google about it besides that Dr. DeMeo tried to introduce something back in the 70s. There were studies never published, where are we? When I adjusted to the blood type diet, depleting certain foods for my lifestyle, I saw a huge change. No more cloudiness, energy throughout the day, things like that. So I want to tap into that a little bit, man. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you for coming back to Healthcare 360. I want to welcome Ben Azadi to the conversation here and to all of you. He's an author of three best-selling books. He's a freedom warrior. If y'all haven't gotten a chance to listen to his podcast, he puts them out rapid fire, rapid fire. And he had one with Dr. Shiva that I just finished. There's a few other ones, but this one was, if you're truly going to be a freedom fighter yourself, you need to listen to all sides, not right or left, all sides. And you need to weigh the information and you need to do your own research and your own homework. But his conversation with Dr. Shiva was probably, I listened and downloaded thousands of podcasts. This is the top three, without question. It was that good. Thank you for that conversation. And I do want to tap into that a little bit. Ben is the host of the top-rated podcast called Keto Camp with a K. And you can also find him at ketocamp.com with a K. So that's K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P.com. Ben, dude, amazing you here. Thank you for being available, brother. I'm excited to be here with you, Scott. Thank you so much for that warm welcome. 
I'm excited and pumped up to talk all things health with you today. <laughs> That's good. We were just talking about different types of diets that are out there. Ben's a strategist with his recommendations and his solutions. He helped thousands of people. On top of that, you're following through one-on-one individual lifestyle plans and coaching going all the way through. You know exercise physiology. I've read your bio. The ketogenic diet, you have the carnivore, you have plant-based, uh, what I call the general. If we can tap into it, if we have time, of course, is the blood type diet. We'll see where we land. If people need to start getting healthy and they've had the epiphany, I'm not doing well. I need to improve my health. Where do they start? How do they get going? Yeah, the first thing to do is to identify the most toxic set of foods. We'll call them foods, although I don't think they're really foods mm-hmm. in our society. And you know what? It's not sugar, although that would Ooh. be a good idea. It's actually worse than sugar. It's these rancid seed oils, Ooh. these vegetable oils, right? So if you're just going to make one change, right? You're listening to this podcast with Scott and I, and you just want to take one action, let it be this. You could do more, and I encourage you to do more actions, but if you're just going to do one, it's the vegetable oils. And I'll explain, I'll break down every single one from my research that are the toxic ones, and then I'll share the good ones out there. But here's why they're so bad. The human body has 70 trillion cells. Some people say 100 trillion. So 70 to 100 trillion cells in the body. Around the cells, we have this lipid bilayer, which is the cell membrane. Right. Life begins and ends at the cell membrane. It is the innate intelligence of the human body. It communicates to the DNA that we are born with. We cannot change the genes we're born with, but we could change the expression of those genes. So genes are like a light switch. We turn on genes, we turn off genes. So if cancer runs in the family, you have those genes. If diabetes runs in the family, you have those genes. But it doesn't mean you're destined to turn on that gene. It's the cell membrane that tells the DNA to turn on a bad gene or to turn it off. You're telling me that food specifically triggers the cell membrane that excites certain diseases that are embedded in our DNA. Yeah, yeah, because food, and this is a frankenfood, will create cell membrane inflammation for up to 132 days. And when you have cell membrane inflammation from this food, the vegetable oils, Now, the cells are producing energy, and your cells produce energy just like if I was going to burn firewood and all the smoke comes out, your cells are producing energy, ATP. If you have inflammation around the cells, now the stuff that is uh, being produced, the ATP, the cellular smoke, if you will, cannot get out, and the good stuff cannot get in, and now that bodyguard of the cell starts to turn on the bad genes. So it communicates to the DNA to start turning on the bad genes, and it starts duplicating and then cancer grows or whatever it is starts to manifest and all from the food that we're eating. I never heard that term before. You just said cellular smoke. Yeah, so if you look at the byproducts that are created when your cells are creating energy. So we have the mitochondria Mm -hmm. in the cell, which is that power plant of the cell. Some cells that are very metabolically active, like the heart, uh, the liver, uh, the brain, the cells in those organs that are very metabolically active they could have thousands of mitochondria within one cell, which isn't that amazing because we have 70 to 100 trillion cells and each cell could have thousands of these mitochondria in the cell. So that's the energy power plant. It's producing ATP, adenosine triphosphate. So that's the gasoline of the cell Mm -hmm. and it's creating toxins. So that's what I mean by cellular smoke. It's toxins. Healthy body could remove that out of the cell 
and then your body detoxifies that. And it gets bound to bile. Bile absorbs those toxins. You get it out of the body. Now, when you have cellular inflammation, those toxins can't get out and the cells start to actually build up more inflammation leading to disease. Which is the radical, uh, free radicals in the body and yeah, eventually cause... Free radicals, yeah. exactly, yeah. Scott. Yeah, so you're creating more of these free radicals. Mm -hmm. And over time, if you're doing this over and over and over, it's going to be a problem. It's going to result in symptoms. And then a, a conventional doctor will look at those symptoms and say, you have acne, you have diabetes, you have insulin resistance. But that's not the problem. It's a result. It's far removed from the actual problem, which is right. actually cellular inflammation. So we got to identify what is causing the cellular inflammation. Once we identify it, we remove it, the body heals, the symptoms go away as a side effect. Right. So that is what we teach. It's very different than the conventional approach because we understand there's a cause and an effect. Effects just don't show up. You're literally a functional detective breaking this down and you, you do it in fractals and you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper to find out where it is. Versus, if you go back to the Shiva comments, exactly part of a system that has been orchestrated, and Ben's here yeah. to fix it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fix it, brother. Just conversations like this fix it because, like you said at the beginning of the show, we don't want you to believe anything we say. We want you to kind of pick some of the information we're sharing, pick it up, do some research, apply it, and then you could see what actually is the truth for you. So we want you to investigate what we're saying. We don't want you to just blindly believe us, but it's important to critically think, which right now it's lacking in the world. Critical thinking is very much is. In, uh, in short supply. Going back to the vegetable oils, mm -hmm. when you consume these vegetable oils, body cannot use it for energy. They actually get stuck around your cell membranes, around mm -hmm. the receptor sites, which communicate with the hormones and your nutrients, and it creates dysfunction. I interviewed a professor from MIT. Uh, it's funny because Shiva's from MIT, but right. I interviewed a professor, Brian Peskin, on my show a couple of times. And in his book, The PEO Solution, uh, he has a study that showed that a plate of French fries that was fried in canola oil, one of those toxic oils, resulted in 132 days of cell membrane inflammation. One plate. One plate of French fries fried in canola oil resulted in 132 days of cell membrane inflammation. Okay, so let's stop for a second. Hold on. <laughs> I have four kids, okay? I can even tell you how disgusted I am right now. Most of the fast food, amusement park, quick finger food that you're going for is pizza and french fries. And what do kids love the most? French fries. So from the earliest ages, we're preconditioning their bodies to be in inflammation all the time. Yeah. The messed up thing is if you go and you look at a lot of the ingredients in the kids' snacks, it's going to be these vegetable oils. And I'll go through the whole list, but yeah. you, know, you could combat that with having a lot of the good oils, it'll take that 132 days and reduce that time frame, right? So mm -hmm. I'll talk about that as well. It's the awareness. We're understanding that this is what's happening. Uh, we go into the pantry now. We make sure we're looking at the ingredients of what our kids are having. And if you could identify these oils that I'll go over, then you take it out of the kitchen and you start buying the healthier oils and you start to do some damage control right there. Right. I knew about that study before I interviewed him and I asked him about it. And then I asked him the following question. I said, Professor Peskin, What's worse, smoking cigarettes every single day or consuming these toxic vegetable oils? <laughs> and he laughed and then he, he threw the question back to me and he said, well, Ben, let's look at the studies because he's a very scientific engineer type of guy. Sure. He, he said, Ben, what do you think the percentage is 
for somebody who smokes two packs of cigarettes every single day for 25 years, what do you think their chances are of developing lung cancer? So this is what he asked me, and I, and I didn't know the answer. So I guessed. I said uh, maybe 15% within the 25 years of developing cancer. Mm-hmm. And he said, close, it's 16% which is kind of low if you think about it. But then he asked, what do you think the percentage is for somebody who consumes cooked vegetable oils every single day for 25 years? What are their chances of getting cancer and or heart disease? I didn't know the answer. Here's the answer. 86%. Oh. And where is this published so people can read on it on their own? So if you go and you listen to uh, my podcast with him, Keto Camp Podcast, I'll get the episode. We'll, we'll put the link out. in our podcast notes too, to yeah. make sure it's easy for everyone. I'll grab it. 86%. It, that's criminal. 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 So in his book, The PEO Solution, he has a whole bunch of studies in there on this. And we talk about it on that episode, which I'll give you a link for. It's criminal because here's the deal. These vegetable oils are everywhere. Even at Whole Foods, when people think they're getting everything healthy, mm-hmm. the hot food bar is loaded with these vegetable oils. So let me run it through the list here for your audience yeah. to, yep. to write this down. Canola oil, which we already spoke about. Yep. Corn oil, grapeseed oil, rapeseed oil, cottonseed oil, sunflower oil, soybean, and peanut oil. Those are the toxic eight right there. Now, there are two caveats here. There are the sunflower oil and the soybean can be totally fine if it's organic and cold processed. So that's the only exception. The other ones, it doesn't matter what they are. They're going to be toxic for you. So identify this in the foods that you're eating. Here's a little hack for your audience. When you go to restaurants, 99% of the time, maybe even more, maybe 99.99% of the time, they're going to have these toxic oils. So if you're traveling and you're eating out, here's what I do. And it drives my girlfriend crazy when I do this. <laughs> I, I always ask the waiter or the waitress before I even place my order, hey, what oils do you use to cook at this restaurant? And they're going to tell you it's soybean or cottonseed or some sort of olive oil soybean blend, which is also not, fail to mention, it's definitely one of the toxic ones. Um, so they're going to tell you it's one of these toxic oils. So what I say to them is, hey, I'm actually allergic to vegetable oils. Can you use olive oil or butter or coconut oil, or avocado oil. And I got to tell you, I haven't had one instance where they said, no, we can't do that. They always have some sort of olive oil or butter in the kitchen, and then they just make your food in that. And that'll save you such a big hit on your cells. So that's a little hack that you can do. Yeah, you know, it's uncomfortable to request that, especially when you're in a large group. If I'm at a, a dinner, a networking party, I still make the request because it's really your health that we're talking about right. here, right? And the analogy that I'd like to give that it's very relevant to this conversation is just take less hits, all right? Take less hits, you're going to live longer, you're going to feel better. And what I mean by that is when you look at, for example, the world's greatest athletes out there, Michael Jordan, the late and great Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Tom Brady, I mean, whoever your favorite athlete is, what do they all have in common? Well, towards the second half of their career, they all started to take less hits. Right, Kobe Bryant, Jordan, uh, LeBron, Wade, they all started driving to the basket less to extend their career. Tom Brady sits in that pocket, it extends his career. So if we could actually do the same thing with our life, look at what is causing us to take big hits, stop taking those hits, we're going to live a long, healthy life. And the number one hit we're taking right now are these vegetable oils. About a month ago, I was listening to Ben Greenfield and he was talking about olive oils. I had no idea 
about heat resistant. So if you can go into that a little bit, you get rid of the corn oils, the vegetable oils, etc., but you replace it with? Yeah, you replace it with the healthier oil. So, well, here's my favorite oil to cook with. It's going to be a surprise. I don't know if Ben Greenfield spoke about this study on his show. He's actually coming on my show uh, very soon. It's olive oil is my favorite oil to cook with. Now, it has to be real extra virgin olive oil, but here's a study. I just did a podcast about this. There was a, a comprehensive study done in Australia where they took the top 10 most popular cooking oils. So they took these rancid oils. They took olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil. So coconut oil and avocado oil are the good ones, by the way. Those are not the bad ones. Yep. And they took olive oil. And they wanted to look at not smoke point. Actually, smoke point is not the determining factor to whether or not an oil is good or bad. For many years, I repeated that to clients. Look at the smoke point. Don't cook with it if it has a low smoke point. I have now changed my perspective on that because of the research. What's more important is something called polar compounds. Polar compounds are these nasty byproducts that are created from heating oils. This is more accurate to see if an oil is good for you or not versus a smoke point. And it was a very comprehensive study where they took different oils and they had two different phases on how they use these oils. One was at a moderate temperature and one was at a very high temperature of frying. And they looked at in this lab, which is a very good lab, very um, quality lab they did this in. It looked at these polar compounds. And the number one oil on that list that had the lowest amount of these polar compounds was real, extra virgin, cold processed olive oil, which is a surprise. People don't cook with it. The second on the list was coconut oil, and then you have avocado oil. So those are the three best oils I would cook with. So where can you find real extra virgin? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very difficult. I've, I've been on a search for many years going to Whole Foods, <laughs> spending 50 bucks on a bottle. Uh, What about those little stores? You uh, you live in Florida. You've seen the olive oil stores out there that have the different flavors. Yeah, you you could find some good ones there. I would ask them questions. You know, here's a little easy test for your audience to do to to know whether or not your olive oil is one of the good ones Mm -hmm. is take a shot of it. So get like a little shot glass or a tablespoon and consume that olive oil raw, swallow it. And then what happens next will determine whether or not it's a good one or a bad one. It it burns your tongue and and makes makes your throat fuzzy. It makes you cough potentially, it's one of the good ones. It means it's loaded with polyphenols, loaded with antioxidants. If it goes down very smooth and you don't really feel anything, it's not one of the good ones. So that's a good little test for you. I use this company called the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. Uh, I have an offer for my audience. I don't know if you want me to share it with you. Yeah, go ahead. So I have an, uh, an offer to get a $39 bottle from them for a dollar. If you go to Keto Camp oliveoil.com. It goes right to their page. Mm -hmm. But they're the best because they actually have four different regions all across the world that they choose from to make sure it's local. They support small farms and it's first harvest pressed, meaning it's loaded in more antioxidants and polyphenols. It's cold processed. It's organic, extra virgin. So I get this, I'm part of this club and I get three large bottles delivered to me every quarter. That's the best olive oil I've ever had. It's going to make you cough so do that test to determine whether or not it's one of the good ones that you have. That's awesome. So I saw Rogan's interview with Sean Baker, the ex-orthopedic surgeon who is on the carnivore diet and who pushes it like crazy. I really would like to know your take on it because you go down to a molecular level, you're putting fractals in there and breaking things down, breaking things down. Is that good? Their theory is, well, Sean Baker's theory is, 
It has all the nutrients you need. It has all the micronutrients that you need. Talked about he ate a six-pound steak and he didn't eat for three days and his body was completely fine. Had all the energy in the world, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bullshit. Don't believe it. <laughs> I, I would love to hear it. Yeah, it's a great question. It's perfect timing for this question because, first of all, I'm actually on day 37 of the carnivore diet. Oh, really? So you're doing yeah. a personal experiment. Exactly. Nice. Uh, I've interviewed, uh, not Sean Baker, but Dr. Paul Saladino, who yep. wrote the book, The Carnivore Code. So how long were you on the ketogenic diet before that? Just your staple of time, so we can do a register there, and then now you're on day 37 of the carnivore. Uh, I've, been, I've been following keto and teaching it since 2013, but I, I, okay. I haven't been in ketosis since 2013. I flex in and out. So 80% of the time I've been in, in ketosis or so mm -hmm. since 2013. I looked at some of the research. It was really fascinating, and I wanted to see what it would do for me. On day one, which was June 1st, I did a whole panel of lab work. It was a $3,600 panel of all these different labs that I run on all my one-on-one -on -one clients. I did it on myself day one of carnivore. Mm -hmm. And now, in three days, this Friday, I'm actually going to do that whole panel again. So I'm going to be 40 days into carnivore. I'm going to do the panel again, and I'm going to start getting off of carnivore but now, how do I feel 30 days into just eating animal fat, animal protein? I feel actually pretty good. My sleep is improved. My readiness score, my aura ring is higher. My sleep scores are higher. My body fat percentage is significantly reduced. My energy levels are sustainable. Now, the first five days didn't feel so good. I was making that adaptation, that switch. My workout sucked, and then I made that switch. But it's important to understand that if you're going to do carnivore, you got to get the organ meats. That's where Sean Baker says you get all the minerals and vitamins you need. Right. It's true if you have the organ meats because the other thing to consider is if you're just eating a whole bunch of muscle meat and you're not getting the organ meat, that'll create a new problem. It'll create an, an amino acid imbalance. You're going to get too much methionine, not enough glycine. That's not good. Studies show too much methionine and not enough glycine could actually lower your lifespan or reduce your lifespan. So I've been taking an organ meat complex because I do not like the taste of organ meat. But In June 1st, you had an entire panel of all your blood work. So what are the, the specific markers where you register that you're looking for? For example, let's say cholesterol. And yeah. Baker went into cholesterol. But what are your markers that you're looking for and you're going to put against each other? So I'm looking at my A1C, my fasting insulin, my cholesterol panel. But the cholesterol panel I did is a very accurate one. That's called the NMR profile. So what that does, it looks at your total cholesterol, your HDL, yes, your triglycerides, yes, but also your LDL and specific LDL particles because we know that cholesterol is mm -hmm. not just total cholesterol. That doesn't mean a damn thing. Even total LDL does not mean a damn thing. It's actually the particles that really matter. We want to make sure we have more of the large and fluffy particles and less of the small and sticky. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at four different inflammatory markers high sensitivity C-reactive protein, fibrinogen, homocysteine, and ferritin. So that's iron. That's a good one to look at because people think you're going to have an increase in iron when you eat too much meat. Right. I'm looking at thyroid panel, hormone panel, complete chemistries. I'm looking at my immune system. So it's a full panel that I did. Where do you find organ meat? Can you find that at a general store or do you have to go to a butcher shop? Where do you go? I get it from U.S. Wellness Meats. They actually sponsored my um, carnivore challenge, which I did with the group. I have a coupon code for them, Keto Camp. You could always cut that out. Look, I'm here to help people just like you are. So if they can find somewhere 
And if it's aligned with business, guess what? This is part of life. So, Amen. I'm with you. I'm with you. You could go to Whole Foods and find some liver. You might have to actually speak to the person there behind the meat counter and ask them for it because they throw away a lot of that stuff. So you can really get a good deal. Yeah. I've been supplementing with a product from Paleo Valley. They have an organ meat complex. So I've been actually using that during carnivore to get those organ meats in there. So go into your energy cycle and some of the things that you've just on the physical that you've noticed so far. Well, the biggest thing is what it did for my autoimmune. I have autoimmune disease. I have Raynaud's. So Raynaud's is a, it's a symptom. It's not really a problem. It's actually a result of an underlying problem. Mm-hmm. But I have Raynaud's. So Raynaud's means essentially I can't get good blood flow to my extremities. So my hands are always cold. My feet are always cold. But the flare-up I would get is every time I had a meal, even if it was the healthiest keto meal in the world, I would get these very inflamed fingers. They would get swollen. I had to actually remove my ring and put it on my pinky. And they would get really hot after eating a meal. So I wanted to see what will happen with my flare-ups, my Raynaud's, my autoimmune flare-ups when I made the switch to carnivore. Now, prior to doing carnivore, I would get a flare-up with my Raynaud's about every single day. Every single day, like clockwork, after eating a big meal, flare-up. Now, we're 37 days into the carnivore challenge that I'm doing here, and I've only had two flare-ups. Really? Of my autoimmune in 37 days. Now, the reason is a couple things. I'm eating mostly protein and fat, so I'm not really stimulating insulin, and insulin could stimulate the immune system that can create that reaction, number one. Number two, I'm not getting certain carbohydrates that can lead to different gut toxins. So these endotoxins that are produced from eating carbs, I'm not getting that as well. So it's calming my immune system, and I'm not getting a flare-up. So that's, that's been the biggest thing for me, what it's done for my autoimmune the only time I've seen that benefit is when I've done like a five-day water fast. My autoimmune has gone away or the flare-ups have gone away for 30 days. Then it came back. Now, this is the second thing I've seen doing carnivore. So you've succeeded in a five-day no-food water-only fast? Yeah. Yeah, I did it last year. Wow. And we oh. could talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, well, we, we, we're going to go back to that. Here's an important thing to understand. All diets work, just not long-term. Carnivore keto, vegan, vegetarianism, fruitarianism. I mean, I could go down the whole gamut of diets out there. They all work short term, but Mm -hmm. when you stick with it long term, your genetics will determine how long it takes before you get sick. Okay. That's going to ruffle the feathers for a lot of keto people, a lot of carnivore people, a lot of vegan people. But when we look at society, the history of this world, there's not one culture in the history of this world that stuck with the same diet long term. Even the Mediterranean? Because that's been even voted the, the number one diet for the last, what, three to five years, right? Yeah, even the Mediterranean, right? Because there's so many different ways to do it, right? But right. Yeah, even the Mediterranean, even the keto, even the, the carnivore, because there's more value in the change of the diet than the diet itself. What happens is the change in changing your diet even if it's doing Mediterranean, but you're changing up the Mediterranean foods you're having, Mm -hmm. that shift creates different bacteria. So you get less of the bad bacteria, more of the good bacteria. It balances out the bacteria in the microbiome. And that change forces adaptation in the body. Okay. So we talked about that. The cells, the mitochondria, when you change things up, good cells get stronger, bad cells don't adapt. I'll tell you one of the tactics that I've used and I swear by it. But before I go there, so you're actually a proponent of switching up your diet, just like you would switch up your workout 
So your body never adapts. It's always in a state of flux and challenge. So it always has to adapt and move and grow. That's exactly, I give that analogy all the time. Exactly. I had no idea. I was always under the impression that now that I'm thinking of it, knowing, so I went to Northeastern University in Boston. You know, I took exercise phys and all those courses. It actually makes sense. You grow, you stabilize, you change. You grow, you stabilize, you change. You don't develop unless you change things up. Exactly. It's the same thing with the food that you're eating. Even if you're committed to keto, which is great, change up the keto foods that you're eating. Don't eat the same group of keto foods or carnivore foods, but it's that change because a great personal trainer, a great fitness coach, what do they always do? They always change up their client's workout, keeps the body guessing, Mm -hmm. they continue getting results. It's the same thing with nutrition. Which was the the true success behind P90X, to give everyone an analogy. Exactly. Yeah. Muscle confusion, right? Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yep. My one staple that we're talking about, I've noticed significantly. Now, just to give you everyone a kind of a, a, a framework here, I woke up this morning. Gosh, when I fast, I can't fast every day anymore. Uh, it's way too much for my body. Then I was 245 pounds, built like a shipwreck house, Division One football player. I don't need all that anymore. So I started realizing some things in my body was going on. I need shredding some weight. Fasting, I will drop weight never mind moving or exercising or anything else uh, that's how fast my metabolism is going but when i started donating blood my blood pressure went down my cholesterol was significantly improved my gut health was no more distension brain fog was the big one everything just calmed down coupled with fasting coupled with i follow a more of a blood type diet which is more plant-based there's blood types that are more ketogenic versus carnivore, et cetera, et cetera. It all depends on what the recommendations are for food. My health has completely transformed itself. The reason why right now, selfishly, I'm asking all these questions is because I've been doing this plant-based slash blood type for about a year. And I'm wondering when I'm going to start to see a change in, in my health. You mean a negative effect? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be your genetics and a lot of other factors that determine that. Mm -hmm. If you're changing up, you could still follow your blood type plant-based approach, which sounds great. But if you're changing up the food groups and you're mixing, you're changing your fasting schedule, maybe you're rotating supplements, that could be enough for change for your body to continue getting results. Now, there might be a time where it's just not enough. You got to change your your nutrition completely and maybe do a little bit of some carnivore or some, some keto or whatever it is. But... If it's working for you, which it sounds like it is, then then keep doing it. You know, right. I was kind of going back and forth whether or not I should continue with carnivore. It's just very restrictive when I'm out in social situations and all that. So I'm not <laughs> going to stick with it. But it's going to be now a tool in my toolbox where I kind of go back and forth to. I just had a thought there, uh, just an, an imagery that popped in my head saying, hey, you get a four pounds of steak if you go to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Exactly. I was in Sarasota, Florida. Three weeks ago, I was speaking in Tampa, and I was at this restaurant in Sarasota, and none of the things on the menu was carnivore, but they had a double patty grass-fed burger. So I said, can you tell the chef, can I just get this, just the burger and the cheese, uh, and can I just get like six patties? And they're like, I've been working here for three years, and nobody has ever requested that. <laughs> but they did it. They did it for me, and it was great. Wow, that's awesome. Real quick, going yeah. back to your point. I love that you give blood every eight weeks. I think it's great for a, a male to do that. Maybe not so much a woman who has a monthly cycle because sure. they usually have low iron and you might make it worse. But for a guy, 
guys tend to have high levels of ferritin, mm -hmm. which is stored iron. That's an inflammatory marker. So I think for you, what's happening is you're taking blood every eight weeks and it's bringing down your ferritin levels. So it's reducing inflammation, which is showing in how you feel. So that's great. Yeah, yeah. So here's how it all started. You know, really quick story is I just noticed I was heart was racing. I was anxious. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I remember lying down. My blood pressure was like 135 or above. I'm 40 some odd years old and lying down at rest, my blood pressure is not supposed to be borderline hypertension. Yeah. Something's going on here. That's what kind of spawned the whole thing instead of doing this and I haven't looked back. Actually, I just gave blood today. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, let's go get it out. Get it out. Yeah. That's great. I love it, man. I love, so, I love so that you're a, you're a student, you're learning, and you're applying. That's what it's about. Yeah. When we go back and we start talking to people at all different ages, so people in the 40s who've had a roaring 20s, they've worked their ass off in their 30s, they got married, they had kids. I don't know if we can put math to this or not, but they're going to lose a certain amount of years off of their life because they're eating their, having the oils that shouldn't be in their diet. They're eating foods that don't work well in their gut health, but then they switch. Tell me some stories there, some of the significant ones that stick out the most, and then how many years of life you actually think you're giving back to people by doing this? Great question. I've seen such amazing, amazing transformations, especially inside of my uh, Keto Camp Academy. I mean, there's been members who have been on insulin for 10 years, and they do a healthy ketogenic lifestyle with fasting and they, they remove the toxic oils and all of a sudden they don't need the insulin anymore. They're actually not injecting themselves with insulin. They're off their medication. They're off their blood pressure medication. They're off their three or four medications. So that happens very commonly. The diabetes, reversing type 2 diabetes happens very common. Then we have autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's, which a lot of people think that it's a life sentence, which is a underactive thyroid. It's an autoimmune disease. My mom has it. There have been instances where people actually reverse their Hashimoto's. They no longer have to take thyroid medication and their body starts to heal because the body, the human body, is actually the world's greatest healer. Yeah, we don't you need said to go that earlier. Find, yeah, we don't need to go find doctors and there's a time and place for them and there's no disrespect here. But the body does the healing as long as we remove the interference. And I can't tell you how many times I see it over and over. And it's just a testament to the creation of the human body. We are impeccable. We are a masterpiece. I, I say it all the time. You are a masterpiece, Scott. Those listening right now, you are a masterpiece. And these are just some examples, but you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. And, and whether you believe in God or love the universe, I mean, I have a strong relationship with God and I know that we were created to thrive, to live way past 100 years old, mm -hmm. to do jumping jacks with our kids, kids, kids. And if you just remove the interference, you'll be able to accomplish that. And I, I really hope the audience understands how amazing their body really is. That's really well said. And the food is the interference. At the same time, the other interference is their personal mindsets. That's cultural, that's uh, religious space, whatever you want to mix into that ball of wax there. But if you can get past those two things, then anything can be done. I'm going to go back to, into coronavirus for a second because listening to Dr. Shiva and you go back and forth, that's where I first heard that term and that phrase from you. This is where it started catching my ear even more. I mean, they're so spot on. We have the best system that has ever been developed. Computer system, 
government, whatever, whatever you want to throw in there, right? We have the best system that's ever been devised. To say that our body can't overcome, I had a friend just yesterday, he said, oh, I just tested positive for COVID. I'm like, all right, get plenty of sleep, get D, get A, get C, and get zinc. You should be good in a couple of days. You may feel a little sluggish as your body's fighting it off, but it's just like working out. You have a good workout the next day, you're going to have, you know, muscle soreness. So you're going to have domes, a DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, boom. Right. You know, and then what happens in three days? Your flexibility comes back a little bit more. You can go into that stretch routine. It's not so sore. You're not slow. And then it's done. It's over. And that's the same thing with the diets going through here. So yeah, you're spot on, man. You're spot on. Yeah, great, great analogy. You're right. The body knows how to deal with viruses, bacteria, pathogens. I mean, Dr. Shiva said we have trillions of viruses inside of us right now. Right. A healthy body deals with it. What about kids? And, and by the way, thank you for saying I have a couple loved ones who have type 2 diabetes. Uh, I'm probably going to share this with them before we even publish it. But what yeah. about kids? Uh, what's, what's particular about outside of just forming new traps for themselves that they don't even realize? What are the results that kids have seen exercising this type of regimen in the food intake? And I look at it as energy. I don't look at it as food anymore, and which is a big mindset difference for me. What have you noticed there? And what kind of kids have you seen where you've been able to reverse childhood-born illnesses, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really sad when we look at what we're teaching our kids these these days, especially now with everything that's happened with the coronavirus. We're teaching we're teaching our youth that we need to stay away from people. We need to, no more hugging. We're teaching crazy? them to to be in a bubble and to not play in the dirt. And it's just that's not the way we were designed to be as human. We're designed as social creatures. We're designed to go in the dirt. We're designed to hug and, and not avoid these bacteria. Like you said, because when you are exposed to it, it makes you stronger. When you mm-hmm. think about uh, chicken pox, what happened when you were a kid and somebody had chicken pox? We had a chicken pox party. Yep. We want everybody you invited to get everyone over. Bodies. That's right. Yeah, invite everybody <laughs> order, over. Exactly. When we look at all the drugs and the medication that are given to kids because it helps them calm down. It helps them go to their classroom and not cause trouble. It's, it's all really based off of the nutrition. A lot of it's the nutrition we give our kids. And if, you're, if we're feeding them sugar and toxic oils and they're eating all the time, then their brain's not going to be able to develop and function as optimally as it should. When you start shifting the way your kids eat and you start educating them on, I don't have kids, so this is just me speaking on from what I hear from my colleagues. You could probably speak much more on this than I can, but it's really teaching the youth, okay, how do you feel after you have that donut? Now, how do you feel after you have a piece of steak or some eggs? Like Having them connect the dots between how they feel after they eat something helps them actually make a better decision the next time. Because if they understand that they're sleepy, they can't focus, and they're tired after eating a donut, but they feel energized by eating eggs, they're going to make the better decision just so that they could tie that together. So it's going to help with so many things. Are there sweets or guilty pleasures that are okay? Yeah. You know, sugar is really, it's crazy for me to say, but sugar is not that bad in moderation, especially for active people because your body could burn that. Your body can burn the sugar. Your body cannot burn the toxic fats. So if you have active kids, give them some natural sugar, like some fruits, give them some some healthier ice creams or whatever it is. I mean, I, I would do that for my kids. If they're active, they're going to burn it off. Yeah, you're right. Sure. Um, ben, I'm going to end off with three questions for you, buddy. These are my staples. So you're a really educated guy and 
you talked about just some really simple things that are long lasting and effective. Where do you educate yourself? How do you educate yourself? And what kind of books are you reading? What kind of audiobooks are you reading? What are the reasons why you would refer people to participate in reading those books? I love studying. I've been studying. I've been in the health space since 2008. So that's what, 12 years now. And I've probably studied on average every single day for the last 12 years, three hours every day wow. on average for the last 12 years. And that, that's, you know, YouTube videos, courses, audiobooks, physical books, but on average three hours a day. Because I just love learning the stuff. I love applying it. I love educating it. And the more I educate on it, the more I actually learn it. I'm, I'm blessed to work with, I believe, one of the most brilliant health educators in the world, Dr. Daniel Pampa. He's my personal coach, my mentor. He coaches me a lot on this stuff, a lot of the science, the research. He trains a group of 50 plus doctors and we hop on a Zoom call every Tuesday. We actually just had one earlier today. Mm-hmm. We actually talked all about carnivore today, which is interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I learned from him. I learned from Dr. Jason Fung and Dr. Ken Berry, a lot of my colleagues. You work with Dr. That, Ken Berry? He has some great, really simple videos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why he's, he's blowing up on YouTube because they're so straightforward. He's been on my podcast a couple of times. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm a student. I love to learn. And I don't put myself in a box anymore. I'm very aware of when I start to do that and I get myself out of the box. I take every opportunity I can to educate myself. When I'm washing dishes, I have audiobook playing or a podcast playing. I, when I'm walking my dog, I'm doing the same thing. The only time I'm listening to music is when I work out to get a good workout. Right. But when I'm driving, I'm not listening to music. I'm educating myself on the Healthcare 360 podcast with Scott <laughs> or I'm listening <laughs> to something to educate myself. And that's a little tip to turn your car into an education mobile. Right. What about the podcast? What kind of podcast are you into? Like, what are your staples that you go to? I have a, a few now that I go to uh, in different genres, but what about yourself? Let's see. Let me pull it up on my phone here. Definitely Ben Greenfield's podcast. Yep. I, I love his podcast. He's done some great work. Uh, the Ultimate Health podcast, the Resetters podcast. I also love Dave Asprey's podcast, the Bulletproof podcast. I'm interviewing him on Monday. Uh, Dr. Berg, Fundamental Health, Primal Blueprint podcast. And a few others. I mean, I have a whole bunch here. But yeah, podcasts are a big part of my routine. Yeah, mine as well. Never diagnosed, but we're going to have him as a guest relatively soon. Ben Foss, he was one of the gentlemen that actually developed the Intel Reader for dyslexia. He wrote a book called The Dyslexic Empowerment Plan. Very high interest because my youngest daughter, who's 11, has dyslexia. Again, undiagnosed, but I remember a very vivid story when I was uh, going into high school, so my eighth grade entrance exam at the high school, and again, eighth grade, and I remember my mother getting really, really upset at me. And I knew why. The vice principal said, hey, in eighth grade, you have a fifth grade, six, seven month reading level. And I remember her getting mad. She's like, you know, you're slacking, you're not doing this. I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't blame anyone for it, but I never knew because it just wasn't as mainstream back then. You know what I mean? So, right. So that's why. For me, podcasts right now and audiobooks are very, very big. I just read four, well, I just listened to four books in a week and a half. Like that. Awesome. It's what amazing. Are four books I want to know. Choose Yourself, Dyslexic Empowerment Plan, Mark Manson's A Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and Unviolent Communication. Just started that this morning. Oh, I'm sorry, Nonverbal Violent Communication. And it talks about how mostly men, but people in general, they lead with conversation that could be verbally violent, unnecessarily unaware. 
And so if you use different words and different tactics and different approaches, it comes across as very calming, very easygoing, and you get your point across way, way easier. I'll forward you the book, but it's a really, yeah. really cool book. Do it, please. We got the book from a spiritual healer, my wife and I. She's been into the book now for about a week. I, again, I just started it this morning. Ten minutes into it, I was like, yeah, I could use this. I think most men, well, not most, this should be a staple in school. Wow. That's how good it is in the first ten minutes. High praise. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, good, send, pretty send, good send stuff. Send it to me, but I want to check it out. Well, last question for you. What would you like to tell everyone before you go? First of all, my mentor is also dyslexic, by the way, and he's mm. brilliant. It's actually a superpower of his. He must know so, Ben Foss. He has to know him because that's exactly what Ben Foss said. By the way, it's a superpower. Yeah, he has to know him. He has to he's, know him. He yeah. talks about that all the time, it being a superpower. He's able to like remember things nobody else remembers and read studies like nobody else is able to read. I can do the same. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Last message is, you kind of touched upon it earlier about the mindset component. I mean, you could be doing carnivore perfectly, keto, fasting, exercising perfectly. But if you don't have the thoughts to produce the right lifestyle, I mean, thoughts are everything, right? If you have negative thoughts, if you have hateful thoughts, if you have hate in your heart, it's going to manifest in your reality. Right. So nothing external of us is going to to help us or hurt us. It's what's on the inside that counts. And the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts per day. 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts from yesterday. And those thoughts are usually negative. Be very selective with your thoughts because you don't get what you want in life. You get what you are and what you are are your thoughts. Right. So what I would leave for your audience is that once you start choosing a better thought, you're going to change your life. You're going to have healing is going to occur in the body because you cannot heal a body that you hate you cannot heal a body that has hate. So be very aware of your thoughts. And here are some examples. When you're brushing your teeth, what are you thinking? <laughs> are you using affirmations? Are you thinking positive things? Or are you, are you worrying about something? When you're washing right, dishes, right. walking your dog, what are your thoughts? I'm very intentional with my thoughts. And when you have a negative thought, acknowledge it, say thank you, let it pass, and then choose a better thought because that is our greatest power. The power to choose our thoughts. You change your thoughts, mm -hmm. you change your life, you change your health, you change everything. Yeah. Someone actually told me, and I brought up the same point to him. I say, man, and I'll give everyone an example. Some people, when they meditate in the beginning, it's very frustrating for them because their mind is still working. That left brain is still working. It just will not let go. It's been conditioned to, nope, I'm in charge. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. And man, I said, how do you just shut it down? He said, notice where it's coming from. I take a moment. I said, okay, where's that coming from? And I'm always, some people would call it looking or searching for a problem. It's not. All I'm doing is simply noticing and identifying that, hey, oh, that's curious. What is that? And I'll go look for it and find it. And I'm telling you 99% of the time, I can find it. I'll go find my younger self or that person who I was then. And then it's gone. Those I love buttons. that. Such a powerful tip. I mean, if, I hope the audience just really receives that information that you just shared because that'll change your life. It'll change everything once you start having that awareness and you start choosing those, those better thoughts. So For sure. Well said, Scott. And then, you know, he's like, well, ayahuasca. And I was like, okay, I haven't done that yet, but it's coming. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, Shay will talk all about that with me. Shay uh, Robot. Oh, she did. Yeah, he went into it quite a bit. Awesome. 
she text on her drive home from because she went to your studio and she's like, oh, do you? She was telling me all about the interview and how it was such a great discussion. And she's like, have you have you checked out his work? And I said, you know, I think I remember some of your work on LinkedIn. So then I went on LinkedIn and then I checked out your work and then I went to my messages and I saw your message there and I was like, oh, perfect timing. Let's right. let's set this up. So she speaks highly of you and she's an amazing person and uh, she speaks highly of somebody that says something. So I'm grateful to connect with you, Scott. Ben. Thank you for adding all your knowledge. Check Ben out, a top-rated podcast. He's an author of three best-selling books. You can find him at Keto Camp with a K. That's K-E-T-O-K-A-M-P.com. Ben at KetoCamp.com. He's all over social, all over Instagram. Thank you for being a part of the 360 Nation. Now you're officially a member of the 360 Nation. <laughs> I'm grateful to be a member here, man. I love the work that you're doing, and this is such a great interview. You're really good at what you do, so thank you for having me, and it was such a pleasure, Scott. Appreciate it. Scott Burgess, Healthcare 360. We'll see you in the next one. Take care. See ya. Bye. Dude, that was awesome, man. You're great, man. I meant it. You're really good at your interviews. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, Ben, I'll let you go, man. Thank you for all the time. Awesome, Scott. Yeah, yeah. send it to me. Uh, I'll share it with my audience. Uh, you're a great host and let's stay in touch. Whatever questions arise that I can support you, let me know. Sure. I'm glad that Shay connect us, brother, and uh, awesome time today. Ben, thanks, dude. Appreciate you, brother. Take I care. I appreciate you, Scott. Talk to you soon. Please connect with Ben Azadi at benazadi.com. That's B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I.com or ketocamp.com. Keto Camp, Camp with a K. And explore what Keto Camp Academy has to offer. If you like Healthcare 360 and enjoy this conversation, please share this podcast and give us a review. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you enjoy listening. If you want the conversation to continue, you can find us through my Instagram handle at Scott E. Burgess or direct message me on my direct WhatsApp plugin at scotteburgess.com. If you'd like to have a conversation or discuss a topic option on Healthcare 360, please look for the calendar link at the podcast notes below and let's set up a time to talk. I hope this conversation empowers and educates HC360 Nation's best and brightest, and I look forward to building our relationship. Thanks again. This is Scott Burgess, and from all of us with the Healthcare 360 team, we'll see you next time.